Ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of Real Chalk. So, so pumped to be consistently on the mic again with you guys. And this week, I think you guys are really going to like this episode. We're sitting down with Dr. Nick. He is the fittest doc, known as the fittest doc, on Instagram. And he's one of those online steady MD doctors. So what I really like about him and his career path that he chose is he gets to kind of like be his own brand. He's a doctor, but he's also his own brand. And I think that's so, so cool because when you are your own brand, you kind of get to dictate what you say, what you believe, and what you want to like portray onto others. So because of that, he you know prioritizes being very, very fit. Um, and I think his, his Instagram could easily be the fittest doc or the coolest doc because he is just like one of the coolest people I've ever met. Uh, I've been texting him literally every single day since this podcast. He's just such a rad human. But um, during the podcast, I basically asked him a whole bunch of questions that I basically asked everybody on my Instagram to ask me for him. But then also I wanted to just just know a little bit more about him. Um, he's, he's a great dude. He's got a lot of great knowledge. And I think whenever you sit down with a doctor, you're always looking forward to hear some really, really good and smart things that you would probably summarize from a whole bunch of books. So I hope that what you get out of this episode is a summary of a whole bunch of books that you don't have to read. And I hope that you know the instead of just getting these opinions, they are a little bit more solid coming from someone of his caliber with his educational background. And the way that he talks, you can just tell he's very, very confident and uh, he's been around for a while. He's also been doing CrossFit for like over 10 years. So he's just like, he's the whole package, right? He's He's the guy that does everything that we like to do, but he's also a doctor on top of it. I really feel like you just can't sit down with a better human, so I was just so, so pumped to have him on the show, and I think you guys are really, really going to dig it. So before we get into the show, I just want to go over a couple of my things. I am the official sponsor of this show. I haven't really brought on a sponsor in a very long time, so starting October 26th, which is about five days from now, four days from now, we're going to be starting the next Earn Your Carbs Challenge. As you guys know, you guys get the top three people get $1,000 cash, but you guys also get in my Facebook group. So for me, that, that challenge, while you do get this earn your carbs calculator that I had a computer software person make for me that creates numbers for you and basically puts you know pre-planned days of higher carbohydrates and lower carbohydrates, and then on the keto cycling side, there's higher fat days and lower fat days. Basically, I have all this created and it, it just spits out these numbers for you that are going to work very, very well. It's been doing it for years now, and I've changed tens of thousands of bodies with it. Like that is the main premise of the, of the challenge. But my favorite part of the challenge is getting you guys in the Facebook group and I get to do live Q and A's with you. So you guys get to ask me all of the questions you've always wanted to know the answer to, or whether you were going to email me or DM me, and maybe I didn't get back to you. Like you just get to sit down with me live. And every two weeks I go in there and I go over all these questions. And whether you've taken the challenge two years ago or you take it tomorrow, um, you will always have access to me. I just think it's such a cool thing. And that community is growing. Um, and it's just like a beast of its own. It's like its own chalk nation, but just for the earn your carbs nation, you know, it's just, it's so, so cool. So if you guys do join the challenge, make sure you just like, even just make a fake Facebook group. I don't care. Just get in there. That's the coolest part of the whole thing. Um, and then you guys also get a month of chalk online. Chalk online right now is actually just insane. I feel like I could just make a whole podcast on talking about chalk online every single day. It is a massive, massive community now. If you guys have ever seen the map on chalkformancetraining.com, just click chalk online, scroll all the way down. You'll see all the dots of all of the athletes all over the world that participate in chalk online. Um, and you guys have access to all five programs. So when you guys buy the challenge, you guys get a whole month of it. If you don't buy the challenge, you guys want to be a member of chalk online. I have the body weight stuff, the daily D, which is just a set of dumbbells, a pull-up bar and a jump rope. We have the full body aesthetics on there now, which is my daily routine that I've been doing since I hurt my arm. It's just a full body bodybuilding program. So you're going to be doing one particular exercise per body part per day. 
It's five days a week. So you get a full body pump. It's great. I love it. I've been just really, really digging it. And I've intertwined some Wendler 531 strength training inside of it. So you have focus, strength focused body parts um, on each particular day of the week as well. So it's getting, it's getting really, really cool. Um, and then every Saturday we have this thing called density Saturday and we pick one movement per body part and we hit a seven minute AMRAP of it. We try and get as many reps as possible. And then every week your goal is to get just a little bit more volume than the week before. It's just the fucking, I love the, love that program. And then the strength and conditioning is what we were all built off of. That was the original CrossFit program that I started in 2014. Um, and it's, it's kind of transferred into what I like to call strength and conditioning. So I changed the name of it. We still have a lot of CrossFit principles in place, but at the same time, I do a little bit of bodybuilding stuff in there too. I like to give people what they, what I think that they need. Um, and as the sport of CrossFit kind of has been coming down a little bit, I still feel like the style of training is very, very popular. And I feel like people are, they're, they're a little bit more accepting of the bodybuilding lifestyle. So I like to put a little bit more of that stuff in there. I feel like it makes for a more well-rounded athlete looks for a very better, uh, aesthetically speaking athlete, but your performance is still there. I still put gnarly cardio stuff in there all the time. All right. Um, I think that's all the programs. There's, there should be five on there. So anyway, uh, if you guys sign up for the challenge, you guys get a month of that. If you don't sign up for the challenge, go check us out at chalkperformancetraining.com. Check us out on the Instagram, Chalk Performance Training. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, that's kind of weird. Ryan Fish, R-Y-A-N-F-I-S-C-H. I always talk about my stuff all the time. Um, and then if you're, if you're back to a regular gym, I have tons of great eBooks on my website on jimryan.com, G-Y-M-R-Y-A-N.com. I have uh, this one called Superset 100. That's huge. I'm a huge favorite of this one. It's um, you basically you need some machines in the gym, so you definitely need like a regular 24-hour fitness or Gold's Gym or something like that. And essentially, I've done a German volume template, which is 10 sets of 10. And I start off with a very big rest break, and then every uh, every week the rest break goes down by 30 seconds, and then by the end of the program, you wind up doing like basically 100 reps for time instead of instead of having rest breaks in between, but the weight stays the same the entire time. So instead of giving you guys progressive overload, I'm just changing the time domain as we go, uh, which is, you know, just less stress on your body, you know, a little bit less pressure off your joints and all that stuff. It's just a really, really cool template. And it's uh, it's one of a kind, but that's just like one of many things I have on there. The high intensity interval bodybuilding, I'm obviously very well known for, and all that stuff is still on there as well. Coming out with new stuff for sure. By the time black Friday rolls around, you guys will see anyway, without any further ado, Let's check out the fittest doc. Uh, remember, his Instagram is T H E, the fittest, F I T T E S T doc, D O C. So, all one, all one word there. Make sure you guys check him out while you guys listen to the show. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Anything that you love, your favorite sections, something was funny, something was cool, something was uh, mind blowing for you, make sure you tag me and the fittest doc and let us know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We're actually in the gym right now at Chalk. We're sitting down with Dr. Nick, the fittest doc, known as the fittest doc on Instagram, known as the fittest doc on YouTube, and he also happens to be a steady MD doc. If you guys have ever seen pretty much all of the top CrossFitters are always talking about steady MD. I feel like they're sponsoring all the things. What exactly is steady MD? That's like an at-home doctor type of deal, right? Yeah, it's essentially it's essentially an online concierge uh, physician who is available to you at any given moment. Um, yeah, you know, we're available all over the United States, uh, all, all the states. And, uh, you know, it's definitely 
it's definitely a different approach in healthcare. And most of us physicians who, who work uh, as city MD docs, we appreciate it because we have much more time with our we have much much more time with our patients in terms of uh, uh, being able to to kind of address their issues and, and get to the root of the problem as opposed to just doling out medications and doling out pills, you know, for for quick fixes. Because that's kind of my issue with with being a physician in clinic and seeing patients in clinic is unfortunately you know um we are uh we're slaves to the administrators very much so and in that um we we have to see you know three to four patients an hour so that's do the math right that's 15 15 to 20 minutes per patient and um, a lot of that time is further eaten up by you know being checked in by the nurses uh, uh, checking you in and, and and kind of so basically you don't have that much time with the doctor you have five to ten minutes with a doctor when you're when you see a, a, a physician in clinic and if you've ever felt that you're being rushed when you when you see the doctor in clinic it is very it's you're not making that up that's not a figment of your imagination that's very it's it's a very well nowadays you don't actually see the doctor that much right you see the pas or the nps or something like that even more and for those of you don't know that means it's physician assistant or nurse Nurse uh, practitioner yeah nurse practitioner so i mean i actually definitely have noticed like when the doctor seems rushed and Mm -hmm. i have never actually really thought about it that way Mm -hmm. and you don't ever really get to talk to doctors really outside their perspective scope very often. So I'm excited yeah. to have this interaction, mm-hmm. but not only are you a doctor, but you're also super fit and you're really into CrossFit. I just watched you do my class here and debatably die. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah. Um, he, he walked in just a few minutes late to one of the hardest workouts of the week. So yeah. it's not an issue. He just been yeah. in the car for 15 hours. Yeah. 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 So, um, we were talking just before the show where you were in your first year of residency, you were saying, mm-hmm. and someone told you that, they felt like you should be a coach and not actually a doctor. Yeah, was we, were, we were just about to go off into a tangent, and I was like, "Oh, let's save this, save this for the show," because I, yeah. I really liked kind of like where you were going with it. Yeah, because you know, I do feel like, and this is like one of the biggest things I saw on your Instagram that I like, I, I really, really, you know, drew, drew my attention was you made a post that said, you know, the best doctors prescribe the least amount of medicine. Hmm. So I love that, and then I also love this woman's response to you. Not, I don't actually love it, but I love kind of your own internal dialogue that happened when it happened. So go ahead and go through that moment. Yeah. So, uh, so, so essentially that was actually after residency. That was my first, oh. first job after residency. And, and, and it was a, a nurse. I, I, I won't say her name. Uh, she, she knows who she is if she hears <laughs> this, but, uh, you know, we were at the nursing station myself. Um, I was the only doctor at the nursing station and there were a bunch of medical assistants there and, and she was also there. And, you know, she basically made a kind of slight, sleight of hand comments that was uh, obviously you know the words won't necessarily uh connote the um the experience but i can tell you that she said it in the most disrespectful manner possible that um i didn't really fit the mold of a doctor and that instead i should be in the gym i should be a personal trainer i should be a coach right she said it just in a way that was just super derogatory right as if um uh because i don't necessarily focus on just throwing out pills to patients and, and getting getting my patients on on pills and instead trying to 
get to the root of the issue, like most other SETI-MD doctors, and, and kind of figure out what the problem is um, that I don't belong with my white coat, I don't belong as a doctor. And yeah, to be honest, Ryan, I, I didn't, I didn't, I knew that she was trying to be disrespectful, but this, that's, it's, and you get this, right? I'm sure everybody does, but when you're a professional, you have to respond in a professional way. You can't necessarily say what's exactly on your mind, right? <laughs> so yeah, I can't remember exactly what I said to her, but I gave her a very professional response and just kind of went about my day. I did not, I did not respond to her comments in kind. Let's put it that way. So yeah, you know, as we were talking about before the show, I just I think that that's indicative of where medicine is, unfortunately, in this day and age, where um, you know. Is there is there a huge financial benefit for the doctor to be prescribing these medicines? Like they get a cutback, or is that is that absolutely not a thing? Not. No, no, absolutely okay. not. I've never. So they're just so getting medicine is just like the lazy way out. Lazy way out. I wouldn't say it's a lazy way out. Okay. It is. It is. It is a. Um, I would. I would. I would. I would assume that it's a multifaceted. Uh, there, there are there the, the reasoning behind it. Why, why you know many doctors prescribe meds is multifaceted. I would say one of the prominent ones is time, 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 time. Right? The fact, like I said earlier, right? If we're if if administrators above us are saying, "Hey, Doctor Nick, you know, we'd really like you to be able to see four patients an hour." Now we're talking 15 minutes per patient, and then I'm not even talking about check-in, right? So let's say that takes away five minutes per patient, um, uh, and so that's 10, 10 minutes that I have as a doctor. How much if, – if you came in and you're complaining to me, hey, Dr. Nick, I every time I – I don't know. Anytime I eat some, some chocolate, some, a Snickers bar, I get this deep gnawing sensation, this pain in my chest – Guess what? That doctor's going to say, hey, you know, take a, take a PPI, right? Or, or take an H2 antagonist or take some, some Tums or something, a medication, as opposed to having the time to sit down and ask you, what, what, what foods exactly are doing this to you? Okay, now you told me what foods. And then let's talk about some lifestyle things, right? Let's talk about wearing looser fitting clothing, not tying your belt as tight, elevating the, 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 the foot of your, I'm sorry, elevating the head of your, of your bed, avoiding the foods that are exacerbating in the first place. Essentially all the things, there are so many things that doctors can, can tell patients not for, listen, I'm not, cause I, I get some people are going to try to counter my argument here by saying, Oh, you know, there, you can't give, you can't do lifestyle modification for everything. Duh. I get that. I can, I entirely understand that. However, you can do lifestyle modification for a number of things. And I'm not even saying lifestyle modification as in, oh, you have to exercise. There are many things you can do outside of exercise, um, but you need to have a physician who is even of that mindset, who is of the mindset that medicine should not be the first and foremost treatments for everything, right? In my opinion, given the huge list of possible side effects most medications have, um, they, they, they should absolutely be put on the back burner. They should not, they should be maybe that maybe the second thing you try, right. Or the third thing you try furthermore, it's funny. I was talking with a, another doctor. Uh, he's a CrossFit health doctor as well. Dr. Scott, uh, Gillen the other day who, or, or Gillen rather, he, he told me and he brought up something that's, I, I never necessarily thought of, but I've definitely seen, um, there are so many, even though human beings for the most part are, we are 
nearly genetically identical. We have slight differences in our genetics from person to person that lead to things called polymorphisms. Uh, essentially, we have differences in how we metabolize. You metabolize aspirin different than I metabolize aspirin, right? Furthermore, when uh, either one of us are taking multiple medications, we can have multiple medication interactions, right? That, that you may experience and I won't experience. No doctor on the planet can know all of this, right? I, I can't necessarily know if you're going home and you're taking Zantec and you're taking another med that I'm recommending, another med and another med. You could have, you could have uh, medication interactions that then will cause you fatigue or cause you insomnia or, or these issues. You know, you could have some issues that are coming about in your life that in your mind you're like, okay, this is normal, but it isn't normal. And it's unfortunately part of the problem of a society that prioritizes medication first as opposed to trying to do everything possible to to avoid that. So yeah, it's um it's 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 definitely an issue and uh you know, I, I think that part of part of uh the responsibility is kind of incumbent upon the the patient to do their due diligence and realize that not every physician is the same. Um, doctors are are of different calibers. Doctors are of different mindsets. Right? You can't you can't expect you know um, every doctor to have my mindset, and you can't come to me right. And and there are some MD patients who have experienced this firsthand with me that, Hey, Dr. Nick, just give me a medication. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Right. Here's what I recommend. And you can take it or leave it. Right. If you don't want to be my patient anymore, because I'm not willing to give you a medication and I'm, uh, and I want you to, to do the hard work that in the long term you're going to thank me for, then so be it. You know, I, I listen, you, you can, the doors open, you can leave whenever you want. Um, but I, I sleep better at night knowing that I'm not causing undue I'm not potentially causing undue harm to my patients. Well, I kind of like where technology is going and just in general, even like for me as a gym owner and a trainer, like the things that I'm able to do because of, you know, Instagram or, you know, Facebook and, and advertising and all these different things. And then now as a doctor with the steady MD approach, um, you're kind of creating like your own little genre of a doctor, which is kind of cool. Cause I think, you know, when you're in school, like what kind of doctor do you want to be and all this? Yeah. And like, now you're like, you get to do all sorts of cool stuff, which I think is really cool. Did, did yeah. you know that this was going to happen no. while you were in school or something that happened out, out of school? <clears throat> no, absolutely not. I, so I graduated uh, Ohio State University College of Medicine in 2015. Did I even know this was an option? Absolutely not. It's funny. So there was a gentleman in, uh, in uh, Steady MD at the time who uh, his name is Dr. Nadolsky. He, 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 he's also, he's known as the doc who lifts and he basically, I don't know if you found me on my Instagram. I can't remember how he found me, but he was like, Hey, you'd be a great fit. Like you're, you know, you're a fit doctor. You, you emphasize lifestyle modification. You emphasize practicing what you preach. You know, you're not a hypocrite of a doctor. Like, like many are, he was like, yeah, I think you'd be great to, to work with steady MD. And speaking to what you just implied, Ryan, I looked at the steady MD model at that time. I was like, are you kidding me like this is online like are you like why would you you know i just it, it to me listen we all grow up like you know thinking about boxes right and putting things into boxes and in my mind 
the doctor, uh, at least in med school, the, the, the doctor box was being in a clinic and, and treating patients. And unfortunately, I was ignorant at that time, right? I hadn't actually worked in practice. Um, and I didn't know about this issue that I just told you that, you know, you're relegated to 10 to 15 mi- minutes with a patient and that you truly don't. You can have all these aspirational desires in med school, right? Or before med school. I'm going to help patients. I'm going to change pay people's lives. However, clinical practice will, will, will shake reality into you. And when you have administrators above you who are breathing down your neck, Hey, see more patients, see more patients, see more patients. And the reason why they're like that, you have to keep in mind what the word I use, right? These are administrators. These are not physicians. These are not people who care truly about the well-being of the patient. These are people who care about revenue, 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 profit. That's all they care about, money. I used to train a girl who was one of the people who would fire doctors. Oh, really? And I would train her in the morning, and she'd tell me, like, I have to fire this doctor today. And I'm like, you, you, you have to fire a doctor? I'm yeah. Like, what the fuck did you do wrong? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then she would, like, to kind of tell me, like, oh, he wasn't seeing enough patients and See? blah, blah, blah. And I was See? like. I was like, holy shit, yes. that's crazy. Yes. <clears throat> that's, 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 that's reality, man. That's real. Like all these medical groups, all these hospitals, like, you know, I, and I get it from their perspective. I guess, listen, I'm, I, I guess I can be empathetic, right? From, from a business standpoint, they need to stay alive. They need to stay open. But, you know, when you're, when you seek to stay alive and to stay open by essentially, you know, stripping doctors of, of the main motivation that they had of going to med school in the first place, which is, which is, you know, a benevolent one at its base and, and, you know, wanting to help people. And now you just drain a doctor, you know, at, at his or her core and, and, and tell them, no, you just have to be burdened by seeing 25 to 30 or 35 patients a day. You're seeing hundreds of patients a week. You know, you're having to, to, to do, like, did you know that doc? Like, look up, look up the data, look up the statistics with this. But doctors, the the amount of physicians who commit suicide in this country is ridiculous. It's it's easily one of the most stressful positions, the most stressful jobs that you can have, um, because of what I just told you. Right, you're seeing hundreds of patients a, a week, and then you compound that by having to do charting. You know, uh, you, you your day isn't over. What do you see your last patient? No, 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 no. You need to stay at work and for the next couple hours, sit in front of your computer and document diligently everything that you talked about with a patient. And you need to um, voice it too, right? You have to write yeah. it and you have to voice it, right? Uh, yeah. So it's usually either or. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So patient, I'm sorry, doctors who are uh, probably going to. Some 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 doctors who are older who are bad with typing. Some of them who are bad with typing truly like uh, dictating uh, into you know d- uh, doing a voice dictation. That's me too though. I can't type yeah. shit. Oh, I, it's embarrassing. I, the amount of stuff I do online, uh, I can't type. Yeah, dude, I'm two yeah. two pointer fingers. You're talking to Siri. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really. I I took a typing class in, in high school, so I'm, I'm I can bang away. At the so keyboard. did I. And then all of a sudden yeah. they started to grade us. They're like, hey, if you don't get at least you know x amount of words a minute, you're gonna you're gonna fail. And I'm I was like, well, fuck that. I'm going back to my pointer finger. And they ruined me. I was, yeah. I was going well. I was, doing, yeah. I was doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so now that you're at this point, you've, you've become a doctor. This is what you really want to do. You got this new little niche, which is cool because of the steady MD thing. So you get to actually, you get to kind of keep some of the personal reasons you started to be a doctor, right? Like you didn't get your life sucked away from you by administrators and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That that's good. So from your perspective right now, what is the biggest problem in healthcare that bothers you the most every day? Like, do you go out and just see people who are overweight and you just get super upset? Or, like, or are you just bothered by the majority of 
doctors don't ever look the part, so they're trying to tell you all these things, and you know they because it would be tough for me to go to a doctor's office and the person's overweight and he's like, hey man, you're obese and you should do this and this and this, and then in your head, even though you know he's right, you're like, motherfucker, you should be doing this, this, and this, and this too. Yeah. Trust me, trust me, I'll tell you, and, and I love the fact that you said that because I've had patients tell me that, that, you know, the hypocrisy that they notice in doctor's offices with, with very overweight doctors or alternatively doctors who are unhealthy in other ways, right? They're very rare, but I have absolutely seen doctors through, through training who smoke cigarettes, right? And who, but have the, the, the gall to, to advise patients, Hey, stop smoking, right? Cut down on nicotine. Like, are you kidding me? Like you're being a hypocrite right now. Now, right. Does that doctor still have your best interests at heart in telling you to do the things that he or she is telling you to do? Absolutely. But we as human beings, it's, it's simply much easier for us to follow somebody's advice when we can look at them and be like, okay, yeah, you know, this, like, look at the product, look at the product of, of the advice this person has given me, right? Like, like you, for example, if you're telling somebody in the gym to do something, they look at you and they're going to be like, are you kidding me? Look at Ryan. I'm absolutely going to do anything this guy tells me to do. Right. So, so it's the same thing with, you know, people use the analogy all the time. Would you listen to a, to a, uh, would you, would you take money advice from a broke financial advisor? No. So then why the hell, you know, would you listen to a, a physician who not, not to say that a physician needs to be big or jacked or strong or no, 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 no. That's, I'm not saying any of that, but a physician uh, still needs to live in a manner that you look at them and you're inspired um, to, 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 to do better, to, to kind of take yourself to the next level. And um, yeah, I've definitely noticed that kind of a lot of my patients will, will tell me about the hypocrisy that they've noticed with their doctors. And, and it's funny because then physicians, and I mean, come on, doctors aren't dumb, right? So doctor, uh, the physicians have one of two options. They can either be hypocrites and, and, and be obese and sit in front of their patient and tell them, Hey, you need to watch what you eat and lose weight. Or the thing that they do more commonly is just note that they would be a hypocrite if they say that, and then just don't bring it up. Think about that. Both of those are poor solutions because with the latter solution instead of the former, you are now not bringing up something that could have a potentially beneficial effect on the patient's life. Simply because you don't partake in that, you're not telling them to eat well. You're not telling them to exercise. You're not telling them to do this or do that because you don't do it. So none of those solutions are, are, are good. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that's, that's the biggest issue. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's, that's more of just a <clears throat> yeah, personal I thing think, that we, that a lot of us deal with, I think every day. Yeah. I think, I think let's, let's just put it in terms of like the fact that now that you're in this fitness space, you're with a lot of CrossFitters, you know, you, you, I have an answer. So, so the biggest thing okay, in my opinion, go. like, and, and I'm sure you're the same way, Ryan, I just, I just don't like, I think all too often, what I see in healthcare is people seek the quick fix. Yeah. Right. No, no, nobody's willing to just like understand that if you want something and if you really, if you, if, if, if you deserve it and you want it, you're going to be willing to work hard for it over the long term, Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with setting a plan, uh, whether it's a one-year plan, two-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan and telling yourself, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to set out a plan, lay out a plan, and I'm going to have multiple kind of uh, points in that plan where I can 
kind of uh, assess the progress of, of kind of what I'm doing of the plan and, and kind of get some feedback and then adjust things as necessary. You know, all too often people are just looking for the quick fix and, and, you know, because of that, they're willing to do crazy things, right. From surgery. I was talking with someone the other day, right. Who Weight was loss uh, surgery is huge. right Yeah. Now. Yeah. No, I was talking with someone the other day who was, who was, we were talking about um, all these people doing but but like ass implants right yep. but but implants huge like and I'm like we're in the mecca right now <laughs> right well yeah like maybe Miami's probably the mecca but like right. this is probably second in my mind I'm like why why like that's a muscle right it's three muscles gluteus minimus medius maximus so like like get in the gym where okay I'm not telling you it's gonna be quick yeah. two three four five years it may take that long and and you're gonna have to focus on your sleep and you're gonna have to focus on your diet you're gonna have to focus on on a lot of things but you can do that naturally, right? Why would you let a, another human being cut into you and then and then have to wait for you know a post-op period of, of however long to recover and then deal with the potential? There's a huge, there's a litany of complications of potential complications that could that that you could experience, and you're willing to undergo all of that risk just so that you don't have to work for it, like. I, I, I'm, I can't, I can't, nah, I can't relate with, to that. I really can't. I, in my mind, you know, anyone who seeks the quick fix in anything, I'm just not, even with my patients and I get it. Like some, some, I try to be very honest with my patients the, the very first time that I meet them and, and we have our appointment. I try to let them know kind of what type of doctor I am that when, when they want something of me, I'm going to try to do as much as I can to, to, to kind of help them but a lot of the times i'm going to give you a plan we're, we're going to discuss something that will take it'll take it'll take time but when you finally achieve it it'll be worth it right and some patients are like awesome dr nick i like that let's go and other patients are like you know they tell me okay you know let's do it and then two to three weeks out they they fizzle out and you know i <sighs> this is like every crosser on the planet they start a 12 week squat program and then yeah. their friend PR their back squat the other day. And they're like, well, what'd you do? Oh, I was just doing a bunch of EMOMs and stuff and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So they're like, Oh, I'm just going to do that then. And all of a sudden the two weeks into their 12 week squat program, they're doing something else. And then yeah. six months goes by and they're like, man, why don't I, I've never had a 400 pound back squat. And it's like, yeah. well, you never followed anything. See, and this, and that's, that's another, like, let's talk about this with CrossFit, right? Like, so right now my, my coach is Taylor Sleaford. Uh, he runs relevant athletics and he, he, uh, he programs for us. And like, in my opinion, dude, dude programs like really well, right? I, I PR my back squat the other day at, at 495 following his, uh, his, his advice. Uh, I'm sorry, following his programs. And I think like you have to be able to, especially with, with CrossFit methodology and all these programs, whether we're talking Wendler, whether we're talking starting strength or, um, what, what's that one that everyone hates doing hatch. No, there's another one. Uh, it's like a the Russian one. Oh, small love. Yeah, yeah, okay. right. Or or that. Like you just have to tough it on and do it because if you can do it and stick to the program over months, your gains are going to be huge, right? And I think that's one. Of, that's one of the beauty. That's the beauty of not just CrossFit, but other cro uh, training methodologies because they show you very. I mean, I mean, dude, come on, nobody's dumb. You can usually extrapolate what happens in the gym to, to outside of the gym, and you can note that, hey, listen, if I just follow the program and follow the schedule, I'm going to PR huge in life and whatever it is in, in life, right? But, uh, you know, that, that kind of eliminates this quick fix that so many people want. And, and I think in the gym, one of the issues people make, yeah, and I've been doing CrossFit now since 
since 2010, right? So I, I definitely have a, a large frame of reference, but I think that all too often people compare themselves to other people, right? Instead of just being able to, you should, I, I'm, I'm, Hey, maybe my mindset is unique. I, I don't, I don't think there's anything unique about me, but maybe it is, but I, I, I absolutely think that you should be able to turn off comparing yourself to other people. You shouldn't set at any given point, be comparing yourself to your past self, right? I've heard you say that before. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to be like, dude, like hell a year ago, I was only back squatting 325 and now I'm back squatting 365, right? And then guess what? If you can do that year over year over year, one day you'll be near a 500 pounds uh, back squat. You'd be like, dude, how the hell did this happen? Right. When in reality, all it was, was it's, it's like the stock market. Well, um, yeah, it's like stocks or like anything. It's just <clears throat> compound interest, right? You're yeah. just, you're just slowly putting and like in stocks. Work. You might have a good period of time. Mm-hmm. You've been, right. you're a well-trained individual sure. and you're going to be low for a while. Sure. Sure. And you got to switch things up or try Absolutely. something new or something like that. I think that's great. So yeah. like, that's actually another thing is like comparing to your old self, I always tell everybody on all my podcasts, like comparison to the biggest thief of joy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's like, that's one good thing that someone said to me on an, on an old podcast. I never forgot it. But I also think because of that, comparing yourself to your older self and comparison is a bigger thief of joy. Yeah. So all of a sudden I, and then the people who come in my gym over the last, man, I've been in a gym since I was like 12 years old. Now I'm 34. I know a lot about programming. I know a lot about how people feel after they do a certain type of programming, mm-hmm. a certain type of workout. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm the people's champ when it comes to programming. You know what I mean? Like, I, I give everybody exactly what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of that, I think that there's a cognitive factor in training. Like, is if, if you love what you're doing, you're going to do really well. Sure. And I think if you love what you're doing, that's you comparing yourself to your older self, not everybody else in the gym. Sure. Sure. I think there's a huge factor of that because there's a lot of people that are like, man, I really want to get into uh, bodybuilding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They do, they eat all the food, they do all the workouts, but they're a CrossFitter at heart mm-hmm. and they hate it, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you don't push as hard on your sets, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you don't add extra intensity the next week, mm-hmm. you know, you maybe, maybe you don't do your recovery week because you're like, well, I don't even deserve it. I didn't really train that hard this week. So now all of a sudden the whole thing's all messed up because you don't really like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know. You say that you like your your coach right now's programming. I think that's huge. Like if you like it, that's going to be such a big factor. Yeah. But uh, maybe I misspoke. Do I like it? No, it sucks. (laughs) It's the worst, right? But you you respect him. (laughs) No, I respect the results. Yeah. Dude, I'm a data-driven – so I'm a mechanical engineer undergrad, doctor now. Like all I care about is data, right? If, if you're showing me objective improvements in data, you can't – how do you argue against that? There's the improvement, right? So he knows what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, – I think this, this mindset that you just brought up is the one thing that can keep people away from injury because all too often you'll hear people say, oh – CrossFit injury. Oh, oh, how, what, what, you know, what happened? How'd you, why are you, why are you on crutches? Oh, you know, CrossFit, CrossFit injured me. And I look at them, I'm like, and then I, I delve a little, you know, dig <laughs> deep and I'm like, CrossFit didn't injure you. Your ego injured yeah. you, right? You went into the gym, someone was moving massive weight and you seem to think that you could, uh, you seem to think that you could keep up, right? And, and this is what I'm talking about. Comparison is a thief of joy, right? You should not be comparing yourself to anybody else. You should be comparing yourself to you, right? If anything, too, let's talk about, let's say you want to compare, right? Because, you know, listen, human beings, as much as we can try to control our ego, there's something, at least for me, right, I personally could never train 
about myself, especially pushing myself to a high level, because there's definitely something that you get out of being around people and, and, and trying to keep up with them and pushing yourself as hard as, as, as they do. However, um, you know, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be blinding. That shouldn't, it shouldn't take you to a, a place of, okay, you know, being cutthroat, you know, uh, competitive, you, you should, you should definitely try and stay in your lane as, as much as possible. And I think that a lot of people don't necessarily focus on that. And then because of that, you know, they'll, they'll get injured. Right. And it, it, it kind of is what it is. So I, yeah, I, I like to tell people all the time, like your ego can absolutely screw you up in CrossFit. It can absolutely injure you. Uh, you have to be able to, you have to be able to check yourself and keep, you know, keep, keep, keep a focus on, um, where you are. If, if you do want to compare yourself, I think all too often people compare themselves, uh, at a point people do points comparisons right oh nick nick is back squatting 495 i'm back squatting 405 right no 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 no. that that shouldn't be what you're caring about if you really want to compare yourself to someone else you should be asking yourself how quickly is nick adding pounds on his back squat versus how quickly am i because if, if my back squat's 495 and yours is 405 but you're adding every time we do a squat cycle you PR from UPR 30 pounds. All of a sudden, you know, you were back squatting 405. Now you're back squatting 435. And I have only gone up, I don't know, five pounds. So 495 to 500, right? You're clearly, whatever you're doing in the gym and outside of the gym, uh, sleep, nutrition, uh, stress reduction, all of that, you're clearly accelerating quicker. This is like, this is, yeah. this is physics, man. This you, like screw nobody the, sees it that way though. Right. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But I'm telling you, I'm, I, yeah. I'm listen, I'm maybe I'm over analytical, but that's the way I think. I don't think about point comparison. Screw your numbers. I want to know, am I accelerating? Am I, are my gains accelerating quicker than your gains are accelerating? Because if that's the case, I'm going to catch up. It's a matter of yeah. time. Yeah. As long as I don't die in some fluke accident, I'm going to catch up. And, and I kind of like that you. feeling. I kind of like knowing that I'm going to catch up. Oh, yeah. When I yeah. used to compete, I used to always kind of be like in the middle and then just kind of just chase, chase, mm-hmm, chase. Mm-hmm. I used to love that. That's yeah. my favorite part of the workout. Right, right. Yeah. So, well, speaking yeah. of what you're talking about right now is I almost feel like we can compare this to like the way that you're having like administrators breathe down your neck and you have to see so many clients is almost how a lot of gym owners nowadays in this space feel about their gym. They want to get so many people in the door. So because of that, they're not teaching proper technique um, or, you know, they, the, the, the actual, like the reason my gym is actually the way that it is right now is because in the beginning mm-hmm. I actually coached every single class, every single day myself. I had 10 classes a day. It's I coached cool. them all myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust anybody. Yeah. Even just now, like a lot of the coaches right now, they all want another, another coach to help out. Yeah. And all of them will not accept me to just hire anyone. Yeah. Just like I won't. Yeah. Like they want the right person to be here. Sure. And like they're gonna sit there and suffer and coach more classes because of it. Sure. And I fucking love them so much for that. Like I, sure. I literally buy all my coaches shit all the time. I just want. Sure. I brought them all to Lulu the other day. I'm like, you guys are just so cool. Like you're literally yeah. like, I have eight brothers and sisters, and yeah. I'm closer to them than I am to anybody in my family. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. These yeah. are like my people. Yeah. No. Like I told you earlier, right? I listened to your podcast, so it's just kind of your story, right? And I think, uh, so in that podcast, you mentioned that you coach all of your classes because you wanted to almost like set the atmosphere, right? That you said that you can't, the, 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 the way that you set the atmosphere at the beginning of the gym, you can't, let's say you didn't do that. And then you wanted to do that three or four years in the future. No, it's too late. It's done. It's like it's, 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 it's set in stone essentially. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that, um, 
you know, you, you definitely did something special with like, you know, uh, setting, finding coaches that were obviously that are your style and that, that obviously won't accept subpar coaches otherwise. And, but I wish more gyms were like that because all of a sudden you have a bad experience at this other CrossFit gym. And all of a sudden it means that my CrossFit gym sucks. You know what I'm saying? So like, and how many times do you hear that from people who don't know about cross? Oh, cross, it's bad. It injures you, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Just because no. there are legitimately subpar coaches at yeah. some CrossFit gym. That gym. Yes. Let's say CrossFit fucking gray wall. I'm looking at a gray wall right now. Yeah, 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 CrossFit yeah. gray wall. Fuck yeah. you up. Not CrossFit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what really, really bothers me. And it, you know, the whole thing happened with Glassman where everybody fucking freaked out and lost their minds. And I think like all these thousands of gyms de-affiliated. But I mm-hmm. think because – I think what really happened in that moment – we didn't really get into this too much. I was like, hey, let's save it for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what I really think happened in that moment was a lot of people were kind of fed up with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're fed up with like, you know, their name getting tarnished off of someone else saying something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of gyms, they, they wanted to have their own name. And I really think that they just use it as a cop out. Like yeah. that's what I really think it was, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's a bummer. Like mm-hmm. because there's ah, fuck, man. I mean, how many gyms have you been to? Uh so started training in 2010. Ohio Craft, my God. You've probably been to like 100 gyms. Denver. Oh, like CrossFit gyms? Yeah. 100? No, no, absolutely not. Are, are you are you talking about how many gyms have I tr- like actually like spent dropped into? Training? Like right now, this is one. Oh, dropped <laughs> in. I would say maybe. I'd say maybe twenty gyms. Okay. Yeah. They're all drastically different, correct? Oh, absolutely. From from the trainers mm-hmm. to the equipment mm-hmm. to, to the, the look, to the atmosphere, the to atmosphere. The vibe. Like absolutely. you look outside right now. I got a yeah. hundred hot chicks at the coffee shop across <laughs> the street, <laughs> all, all all staring at us as we're running through the street. Like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, who needs Bumble? You just yeah. go across the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this this gym is definitely very different than any other CrossFit gym that I've been to. I, I mean, I love the vibe in here. Obviously, you have like. The equipment's awesome. You know, I love the like that you have the the cutout. I've never seen that. Right, I've never seen like a cutout in the ceiling for, for, the ropes? for muscle ups and ropes. Oh, in the ropes, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to do that when I first yeah. got over the space. They didn't have it. Yeah, and I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do yeah, it. And they were like, hey, it's like twenty grand. I was like, well, fuck, I just, I gotta do it. Yeah, There's yeah, nothing. Yeah. You can't have a crossroom without without yeah, the ropes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's a. This is like probably my favorite question on the podcast that I was excited for. <clears throat> um, if you were. I just picked these three numbers because to me they were kind of they were kind of important. Sure. Be careful when you're when you're touching that. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, if if you were 15, mm-hmm. 21, and thirty, what would you tell yourself? So you're so you're fifteen. What would you tell yourself then? You're twenty one. What would you tell yourself then? You're thirty. What would you tell yourself then about fitness? Mm. And about like, like I wish I'd maybe slowed this down. I wish I'd have maybe made my diet this way. I wish that maybe. I wouldn't have focused so much on this because it didn't really mean anything. So I can only tell my 15, 21, and 30-year-old selves. We can uh, change the numbers one, slightly. One, one, one point? Of- no, no, no. As much as you want. Okay. So my 15-year-old self. Because when we were 15, what were you thinking? Like I was like, I just want to be fucking jacked. You know what I mean? Like That's I 15, all I cared about. When I was 15, I was, <laughs> I was telling myself. I actually – dude. So my dad got me into the gym. You know what I was doing when I was 15? Eating a bowl of waffle crisp with with <laughs> milk at like 2 a.m. and playing computer games. Oh, okay. that, yeah, that was me. I was like, yo, like leave me alone. Like let me <laughs> like let me let me let me play my video games. I'm trying to chill with this like and it's funny because now like I know serious man, I've changed so my serialist point uh well 
most cereals are poison, most, yeah. right? Just just laden with high fructose corn syrup and just but but back then, did I eat that crap? Absolutely. Anyway, so I wouldn't I w- be alive today if it wasn't for Gushers fruit snacks. See, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like it was yeah. all I survived. Yeah, on. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think I think. Um, uh, so because I was super into video games, my dad actually had to force me to go to the YMCA. I remember this. I didn't want to like freaking work out. I was like, that's stupid. I don't need this. My dad was like, nope, you're going to YMCA. You're going to work out. So he got me into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely very grateful for that now. Um, cause I, I can't even imagine if I were not, if I were not into fitness at that point, what, yeah, that, but if I, if I could somehow tell my 15 year old self something, I, and I, I've actually thought about this, right? But like, I would tell my 15 year old self, like, find there's this little known thing called CrossFit. Find it, start doing it now. Yeah, you'd right? have more friends. You'd have like your whole life would be totally different, dude. You're talking about friends. All I care about is that I would be clean and jerking <laughs> 400 pounds. Oh, now. for sure. I would be snatching like 350, like cake. Yeah, cake. Um, and yeah, are you kidding me? Like, do you see some of these, these CrossFit team athletes? They're crazy. They're ridiculous. And it, and it makes sense. I mean, from an anabolic standpoint at that age, you're basically on steroids. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. The hormones you have going through you, that's cheating. If you, you, you're starting CrossFit at that age. Like I bet, um, uh, so there's a, uh, CrossFit games, uh, Masters athlete. I'm a good friend with. Uh, she lives in uh, Illinois. Her name is Julie Ackerman. Mm-hmm. She's she's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So she has a son who I met a uh, couple couple months ago. We were where we they they came to Aspen, uh, Colorado. So I met up with them, and this this kid, like he did not look like anything next to me, right? But this kid could snatch two twenty five. Like so, and to put this in perspective, right? So my max snatch right now is two eighty, right? But I remember the first day I snatched two twenty five. Are you kidding me? That's the the two forty fives on each side. That's a big deal. That's a milestone. So tell me why a sixteen or seventeen year old who looks, I mean, skinny, like relatively skinny, is snatching two twenty five. And in my mind, I was just doing the math. I was like this kid's going to be a savage. Like yeah. if you're already moving that much weight, like, you know how many years of CrossFit it took me to snatch 225 to get my technique dialed in, to get my strength dialed in. So have you seen CJ Cummings? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. clean and jerking like yeah. 450. And how, how old is he? I mean, now he's like maybe 20 at most. Yeah. yeah. Nine, I don't know. Yeah. I remember the first time they posted a video of him clean and jerking like 415 or something. He was like, 15 exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying like yeah. they, they they if you start back then dude you're you're and what's crazy is their the confidence f- is so much higher too yeah and they're <clears throat> see i'm just thinking about this from like a musculoskeletal standpoint right their endophysial growth plates are not even fused so basically their their skeletal muscle their skeletal systems are are their skeleton is not matured right they literally their the long limbs of their body are literally growing so so basically you and i physically are more stable than they are right but this kid's clean and jerking 405 like how i don't understand this like the stress that he's putting on his body and the adaptations that his body, you know, uh, uh, is undergoing as a result. Like I do anyway. So that's what I tell my 15 year old. self, my 21 year old self for fitness, what would I tell my 21 year old? So now you're fit now, right? You're 21. You're fit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're on your way to medical school at this point. Yeah. 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 Okay. But see, 
Okay, so then if I was on my way to med school, medical school at that point, I don't know that I would necessarily be focused. Because to be honest, like that's the thing with med school and residency and just medicine period is, sure, you can keep up your fitness, right? But you're not going to you you're not gonna gain a whole bunch because you need to be prioritizing. That was a huge question I got on my Instagram was how the hell does this guy balance working out and being a doctor at the same time? Because I have a lot of people that hit me up with this question. Mm who they want to go to med school, mm. but they're nervous that they're going to lose a lot of their fitness. Mm. And I have some that are literally residences right now. And they're like, I still just don't get how he does it. Yeah. I probably got 20 of these questions for you. I would <laughs> recommend, I, I get those a lot on my Instagram too. I, 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 what I do, what I recommend to people is to just keep in mind that there is a lot of, um, I think, so it's going to sound morbid. I'm sorry about, about this sounding morbid people, but we, we all have a clock, an invisible clock above our heads that, that's counted down until the day that you die. Think about that, right? You can't stop that. You're not you're not God. It's you're you you have a clock that's counting down. You're going to die soon, right? You don't know if it's 80 years from now, you don't know if it's a week from now. However, you know that you have limited time on this earth. As such, I don't believe in doing things that are inefficient. I don't believe in doing things that are a waste of your time. You only have so much time. Why do things that are a waste of your time, right? So, sure. When I people, love that's fucking that's that's good. So when people tell me, "Oh, yeah, Dr. Nick," and I'm, you know, I see a new patient, "Oh, what do you do for exercise?" "Oh, I do Pilates." Or or, or, or or yoga. Uh, this sounds like I'm talking trash about yoga. Yoga is great. I, I, I take that back, guys. Let's. I let's, say offensive things every day in my life. Let's We're rewind good. ten seconds here. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, but let's say let's say I don't know. Uh, um, what what's that? Oh, spin. Hey, let's do spin. Oh, oh yeah, Doctor Nick, I do prancer size. Right? I've never even heard of this. You haven't heard of Prancer Size? No, I gotta look dude, it up immediately. Dude, just 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 go, just YouTube it. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's literally this like uh, I don't even okay. want to spoil it for you. It's hilarious. Prancer Size. But yeah, let's just say yeah, definitely look this up, okay. right? Uh, just put that on mute. Anyway, yeah. So so yeah, Doctor Nick, I do Prancer Size in my mind. I I say to myself, okay, good. So this patient does Prancer Size. So it is something, right? It is something. She's 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 moving or he's moving. They're they're moving, they're getting off the couch. However, let's then talk about efficiency. It is is it the most efficient thing that they could do given that they have only so many minutes and hours left of their life? No, it isn't. As such, because it isn't the most efficient thing for them to do, to get the same amount of benefit out of it as one would get with CrossFit, they would either have to do more of it which, okay, now you're going to spend more of your life uh, exercising, right? And not living your life and not enjoying your life. Or you're not going to do more of it. You're going to do, let's say, an hour a day, but then you're not going to get the same benefit as, as a CrossFitter would get, right? So in my mind, the best thing you can do, sure, we could sit here and argue all day. Is CrossFit the most efficient training methodology? In my opinion, I believe it is. Am I biased and and and? And can I acknowledge that I'm biased? You know, can I self-reflect and acknowledge that I'm biased? Absolutely. But in my opinion, it is the most efficient training methodology. And as such, if it is the most efficient training, training methodology, it is what you should select. Anyway, so I say all of that to say that, in my opinion, you can balance medicine or anything else that's strenuous with exercise by choosing the most effective methodology whether you want to argue that that's CrossFit or anything else, whatever, choose the most effective methodology you can and just do it one hour a day. You have to keep in mind that so many people are all about, especially when people are trying to lose weight or whatever, like, oh, let me just, I don't know, 
just go all in on something, right? Uh, and and I'm just going to see so much benefit. When in reality, um, it isn't so much about intensity; it's about consistency over the long term, right? 100 agreed. If you can, if you can do one hour of CrossFit a day for six years, seven years, ten years results will come of it, right? This exactly this is exactly going back to what I mentioned earlier in the podcast that you need to get your mind off of short-term focus and put your mind on long-term focus. And if you like, dude, are you kidding me? I had no freaking idea. It's 7 years ago or 8 years ago that I would be closing in on a 300-pound snatch. I legit thought in my mind I will never be able to hit that number, right? And now that is absolutely that is absolutely a possibility. I never would have thought that I'd be able to back squat 500 pounds. And now I'm five pounds away from that. Right. And, and it isn't necessarily that I had some singular goal. I was just consistent over the long term. in res in, in med school, one hour a day of CrossFit in residency, one hour a day of CrossFit. It's funny actually in med school. So my, um, training kind of even before CrossFit I did. So I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I have, I've done judo training, jujitsu training, Krav Maga training. And so getting into med school, I was doing Krav Maga one hour a day and CrossFit one hour a day. But then I quickly came to realize I don't have this. I don't have time for this. Like two, like I'm a med student, right? I'm studying 16 to 18 hours a day, legit in the library, putting in work. I don't have time for two hours of fitness between Krav Maga and CrossFit. So I picked in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to pick the one that will render me the most uh, amount of benefits and the one that will make it so that in the future, when I have more time, I can get back into the other one. So it's, I, I picked CrossFit because I was like, that'll keep me fit and I can jump back into CrossFit. And it's a mix of everything. Yes, absolutely. Right. You know, a lot of people are just like, I'm just going to pick spin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. y- you might get you know, some more cardiovascular out of that, mm-hmm. but like you're going to look exactly the same in six mm-hmm. months, homie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most likely. It's so funny that you bring that up. So the other day I was, I was hanging out at my Oh, she, she's probably not going to hear this. So the other day I was hanging out at the pool and I, I met a, a friend of mine and we were just talking and she was complaining to me. I think she was like 38 or 39 or 40. And she was like, she was like, yeah, yeah, Nick, I don't understand what the hell this is. And she like holds up her arm and she wiggles her arm and like all like, it's just loose. Right. And like, um, I look at it. And this is where, like, I sometimes I have to bite my tongue, right? I'm, I'm like, I know exactly what that is. That's called sarcopenia, right? You've lost a good amount of your muscle mass since. So essentially, let me just break this down for everybody on the podcast. Sarcopenia is the loss of muscle that starts uh, after puberty. So essentially, when your endophysial growth plates fuse and puberty is all but complete. Every one of us starts losing muscle mass. That muscle mass is accelerated in those who do not lift weights, do not eat enough protein in their diet, uh, not doing weight-bearing exercise. So I bring all that up to say this lady at the pool, she's like, yeah, I don't understand why I have this, you know, jiggly, this arm fat, despite the fact that I'm super active, I play tennis, I snowboard, I ski, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's just, you know, mentioning all these different activities and I'm listening and none of her activities are weight bearing exercise. None of her activities focus on building muscle. All of her activities focus on the cardiovascular system and, and cardio, right? And am I against that? Are you against that? Absolutely not. What is CrossFit? Strength training and cardio. So obviously we believe in the benefits of cardio training, but when people 
ignore the other side of that, the side where you need to focus on building mass. Uh, first of all, maintaining mass, right? Uh, uh, she probably gets big really fast. I know, right? Seriously. She's probably so scared of that, right? I'm so scared of getting big, right? Are you kidding? Like, do you know how much work people have to put in to get yeah. big really fast? Or, That's not, the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so, yeah. I, it, it's that, that, that conversation with her was frustrating because, you know, I, I wanted to just be like, oh, are you kidding me? You, you wasted all these years not weightlifting, and now you're talking about your body and talking about your jiggly arms, and you just don't get it, right? Because, and meanwhile, you want to sit here and chastise women who lift weights right and 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 are are in the gym and and you know doing crossfit or, or doing powerlifting or doing strength training otherwise and guess what those are the women who don't have jiggly arms because guess what they don't have sarcopenia they haven't lost a good amount of their muscle mass in fact they're maintaining and growing their muscles and then what happens when you're maintaining and growing your muscles your arms the skin is taut it's not jiggly it's not loose you haven't lost a lot of your muscles so I don't even remember why I got on that specific topic, but no, I, yeah. I, I talked about spin. Oh and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it took yeah. you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, I, I, <clears throat> I, I do like hundred mile bike rides every other week, and I, I'm training actually to race across America. It's thirty, it's three thousand miles. Sweet. So, and I still keep a good amount of muscle mass, but Absolutely. I yeah. have to eat a shit ton on those days. I tell people all the time, like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, I, I'm not, re- I'm not dumb to the fact that like I just burned, you know, three thousand calories. I got to put it all in sure. it's gonna be an aggressive day you guys sure. all saw michael phelps's diet during the olympics yeah yeah right yeah. Like he, a, ate, he his, ate everything his Pizza. Twelve thousand calories uh, yeah. i was like you got to do yeah. it sometimes yeah yeah okay so now you're you know your 30 year old self you got to tell him something so I, I would say by the time you're 30 if i'm just gonna help you out here you've probably learned quite a bit about yourself in terms of nutrition and what your body likes what your body doesn't like mm-hmm. you've probably learned a shit ton mm-hmm. <laughs> being a doctor mm-hmm. um and now you're 36 right mm. So I know I have a decent amount of things I probably tell myself when I hit thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, just interesting on what you tell yourself then. Uh, this could even be so, like your. So so what what I would tell myself at thirty is you have a secret weapon in your knowledge, right? Between finishing med school and finishing the College of Engineering. Um, because what did we talk about earlier, right, Ryan? And I've said this to other people, so people have heard me say this, but I truly believe the gym is nothing but a physics lab. Like, like there's nothing that happens in the gym that cannot be explained from the standpoint of physics, from a, from a good, from a clean, uh, from a squat clean with good technique to a, to a snatch with good technique. Um, so in my opinion, what I would tell myself at 30 is like, you need to learn all the stuff that you've learned and internalized in school. You need to keep in mind that it gives you a, uh, uh, an, an advantage when you're, when you're lifting, right. When you're, when you're in the gym and you need to just be able to apply what you've learned and keep in mind that, you know, the gym is in some magical place where the, the laws of physics and, and kind of the laws of the human body, um, that, you know, the, 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 the laws of physiology that govern us don't exist. No, 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 no. I mean, this is, if anywhere, this is where they exist, um, uh, in their most pronounced fashion. So just use what you've learned. That's what I tell myself. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Like every five to 10 years, just, I feel like just so many things change for me. Oh, for sure. Like for sure. the things that I like to focus on when yeah. I eat and yeah. You know, or even just the documentation of everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even realize how many things that I am doing unconsciously. Yeah. 
and then a couple years later, like I'll write it down and I'm like, oh, this is like literally what I've just been doing without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. I think for you, like just, you know, listening to, you know, your story, not necessarily talking about the gym, but like someone like you, like, you know, super successful business, business wise, but you didn't like go to school. You didn't go to school for uh, uh with a business degree, right? You didn't go to school seeking that, but you, you are obviously crushing it. Right. So I think that, you know, for you. Like I'm, dude. I'm, I'm sure you've learned so much, um, so much in, in the realm of business that like I I know nothing about, right? And there are doctors who have MBAs. There are a bunch of doctors who 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 go to school for this. I, I personally know nothing about. So that's incredibly admirable that you've you know managed to do well in the in the school of life essentially, right? Without necessarily going to going to classes specifically for for business school. I always tell everybody that the school of life is literally, my mom always told me, is no matter what you do growing up, just make sure you're the best person. Like, yeah. if you're, my mom's like, if you ever work at McDonald's, just be the best person that yeah. works at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Better be, be and then, best, best burger flipper. And then all those things are just the base of everything else, you know? Sure. Like, I, I, I coached in a gym just like everybody else. And, you know, there was somebody with money who asked me, like, hey, like, you, do you ever want to own your own gym? And, yeah. you know, and from there, it kind of keeps going on and on and on. I, and, I, thought, I thought the way you said it was you asked him. Just hypothetically, would you give me a million dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is our conversation as we were training. Yeah. He's like, what would you ever want to do? I was like, well, I would yeah. love to own a gym, but yeah. you know, I wouldn't do it unless I had like a million dollars. It was like this cool location, all these things. And then he was kind of casually like, oh, I can help with that. But there must have been something that he had seen about me through all those years or months or whatever when he was in the gym, and he just he respected that of me. For sure, for sure. And then – Obviously, you bring the best version of yourself to everybody that you meet. Yeah. I feel like that first impression is such a big deal. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's always such a big deal. That's the thing with all of us, right? We can all immediately determine kind of – human beings are incredibly well evolved in determining and in, in meeting someone and determining kind of uh, – just just kind of getting a quick, a quick feel for someone, right? And yeah, you feel it as like your gut instinct, but like I believe in that stuff. Like there, there's something there, you know? So, But then everybody always says it's not about what you know. It's about who you know, right? Sure. This is a big thing everybody talks about. Sure. So if you know that to be true, yeah. then why wouldn't you try to meet as many people as possible? Like and my life changes drastically off of people I meet on the podcast yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, I make some sort of cool relationship and it just spins off and turns into something. So, like, that's another thing I tell everybody is just – just keep meeting more and more and more and more people. Mm-hmm. I would have never have met you if it wasn't for the podcast, right? Yeah. This guy was like, you got to meet him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I didn't know who you were. Speaking of which, this guy. <laughs> so, so Lalo Vera, uh, we, Ryan and I have to thank you. You're the one who set this meeting up. So Lalo's name on Instagram is Blaze. Blaze Camp. Blaze Camp. <laughs> yeah. So Lalo Vera, thank you for, for setting this up. Yeah. Like it was literally a mutual follower between you and I. Like, oh, like, you know, you, you you, you guys had to talk, and, and he set this up. So, yeah, we appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get into just like probably like a, a fire round of questions for you. Sure. You don't have to go deep into them. Sure. But a lot of people really want to balance their exercise life mm. and their drinking life. Mm. <laughs> you were at the bar last night. Are we right? Did you drink anything? Hey, I had one drink. You had one. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you drive a Tesla. The drive, Tesla could drive his car home. It was a, co- it was a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I listen. He said that. I did I'm, not kidding, say I'm that. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He could have took an Uber. I have no right, idea. Right, right, right. Um, okay, so I've dove into this a little bit. I'm probably not nearly as accurate on this as you are, but it's my understanding that once you know 
you consume alcohol, your body sees it as poison, and it becomes the priority system that needs to get out of your body. Facts. Right? So mm-hmm. you're, you are messing up that very well-rounded day of macronutrients that you ate, correct? Facts. So I also like to tell people, I'm like, all right, let's talk about several different kinds of people. You have your one friend, and I know some people who go to the cross. They go to the CrossFit Games. They're fucking CrossFit Games quality people. Sure, but they party all the time. Yeah, and they eat great. Yeah, and they work out hard, obviously. Yeah, and they party all the time. I'm just gonna keep repeating this. Yeah, and they don't look like you or I with our shirts off, right? Yeah. yeah. And then there's the other people who don't party, have the same regimen, same kind of eating style, and they look totally different. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on in that aspect, mm-hmm. but I do know that the people who drink less do tend to look way better. Sure. Now, on your end, how would you explain that? I think, I think I think I think I think I think as human beings, we try to simplify things all too often, right? Yep. So so even in the way you're asking this question, you're trying to simplify it. We're 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 multifactorial, right? There, this is multivariate analysis. There's so many variables going on in, in our bodies, not just in our bodies, but in our lives, right? The people who are putting on weight easily um, uh, uh, during drinking and maybe crossing it a whole bunch, are they sleeping well? Do they have an underlying sleep issue? Do they have sleep apnea? Are they super stressed out from their marital status, right? And then and then essentially they they have hypercortisolemia um, and and you know uh, uh, preferential deposition of fat around their abdomen. Um, and you know are they listen? There, there's so many variables, and and I think that ultimately, would I agree with you that um, those who tend to drink alcohol less? Uh, tend to look better and, and that the human body will uh, preferentially uh, metabolize alcohol instead of other things because it is a poison. It is literally a poison. Yes, that's that's what the human body will do. You know, however, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in balance, right? You need to be able to, mm-hmm. if, if the amount that you're drinking is causing negative consequences in your social life, in your, in your health, then you, you need to reevaluate things. You need to reevaluate yourself. However, if you're able to drink and, and have the results that you want in all regards, then absolutely you, yeah, yeah, do, you know, drink, drink as, as you'd like. But, you know, I, I think that, yeah, for, for me, for example, I'm not, I'm just not a big drink. I'm the type of person who, uh, so, so I said this, so, uh, I just need one anyway and I'm all fucked up. Like, yeah. I'm like, cause I don't drink very often. Yeah. Yeah. I said <laughs> this, um, I did a podcast interview with, um, I'm sure you guys know of him, obese to beast on Instagram and, and YouTube the other day. And I said, uh, that I, I love, like, I know my weakness is sugar, right? Um, uh, growing up, like, you know, I would sometimes be exposed to like, you know, candy and and donuts and even now right i can't tell you how many times over the past 10 years cross the competitions people would see me i would come there do my four or five events at whatever comp and then reach into my bag and pull out a five pound bag of gummy bears and just be walking around the comp just just crushing gummy bears right? it's actually needed during the comp yeah but D- depending on like if it's a team comp and you didn't really do very much then maybe not but. sure 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 <laughs> sure uh, but but pre- I, I i would argue do you need cars but i would argue not as high glycemic <laughs> carbs right yeah. not as trashy carbs yeah but um yeah, I think that people like me, like I'm the type of person who instead of drinking a whole bunch and getting drunk, I, I give me all those calories and food and I'm happy. Yeah. Like I, I agree. love to eat, you know. Um, but I get it. Some people very much like to drink. And um, listen, I'm not going to sit here and judge anyone. You, you know, you do you. 
it's just always a good topic to hit. And I just, yeah. in my opinion, I think it's just like the lowered inhibitions that you have <laughs> after that, after the drink. You're just like, oh yeah, fuck it, pizza. Oh yeah, fuck it, this. Oh yeah. fuck it, that. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I think drinking becomes fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's absolutely. kind of everyone's biggest problem. Absolutely. Yeah. So I always tell everybody, if you're going to drink, at least make sure you're going to get it laid. Mm-hmm. That's usually my. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you say. <laughs> that's what that's, I tell everybody. I'm like, if you're going to drink, make sure you at least get yeah. laid, or you at least have a chance of getting laid. But if yeah. you're just hanging out with your boys, then yeah. it's probably not a great idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that if you want. Right, right. <laughs> uh, this is a big question that came through. Mm-hmm. You're probably bored of hearing this one, but do the masks do anything? <laughs> oh, <my> Lord. <laughs> Have you seen the Model Health Show? No, I haven't. He's another really big podcast guy, yeah. and he has study after study after study after study of the masks not doing anything at all, and it's just yeah. causing this giant uproar. Yeah, and ever, so everybody just wants to know your opinion on masks. Okay, see, this is what I'm saying, right? Like, I, I don't like, especially being a medical professional, I can't just relay my opinion, right? I think that it's more important. You just brought up a gentleman who did studies, right? So that's that's objective data. So that's something to be honest. I would defer to. I would not his see... studies, not his studies. These oh. were these are different different types of studies. Oh, okay, that okay. He, that he was referencing. Okay, well, I would want to good see... one like PubMed ones. Like sure, ones. Yeah. sure. Okay, then yeah, I would want to see those those studies because often studies, you know, in the medical literature, like you have to be able to 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 evaluate these studies as a as uh, as a scientist, right? And, and look at look for limitations and look for any reasons that uh, they may not be truly. Um, indicative of the results that that you know they purport to be so um i i I don't know of the studies that are saying that oh the masks don't do anything however i what i do know for a fact is that you know the people who are like oh masks why would i want to breathe in my co2 why would i want to you know breathe in that my poisonous uh you know the, the the content of the air that i exhale that that's sketchy to me because I you know the the one thing that these people can never necessarily respond to you know with any good arguments is the fact that doctors and nurses we have been wearing those things forever. in hospitals forever yeah we are fine so don't tell me that wearing a mask is going to hurt you or there's something harmful no 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 are you kidding me like uh, how how about you, you sit back and use your brain for two seconds and realize that this is not unprecedented in human history physicians. Uh, nurses, medical assistants, people in the hospital otherwise have been using masks forever and we've been fine, right? However, am I going to sit here and agree with people that they're extremely uncomfortable? Absolutely. In Denver, you know, with the gym where I'm at, we have to, we have to wear masks during the workout. And that's, I mean, that's super uncomfortable. Well, I love tough. in the yeah. CrossFit gym. Yes, exactly. So are you kidding me? Well, yesterday I worked out at CrossFit Dark Side. Today I'm working out at your gym. I love that I don't have to wear a mask, right? Yeah. This is it's heaven. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, um next question. People who sit behind desks all day, mm-hmm. they're in they have a desk job. What are some tips you have for these people? To get up. I mean, and, they're they're pretty basic, but I mean, yeah, to get up to get up <laughs> and to get up and move often. Or alternatively, you can often uh, ask your employer if they are amenable to you installing a standing desk, right? So a lot of people have standing desks uh, at their office uh, uh, these days, and and they simply don't sit down as much. They stand up and can still do their work. Um, Do you have like a recommended amount that they should stand up like every 20, 30 minutes, stand up for 10, anything like that? Um, 
Yeah, I think that's a really good uh, uh, tip that you just gave, right? I would say every 30 minutes, stand up for at least five, uh, get up, walk around. Um, but ultimately, I think that the best solution, if, if, if you know, it is available to you, is, is a standing desk um, for sure. It's one of those things where... I, I don't. I feel like every desk now should be have the standing option. Absolutely, yeah. Have you seen like the study? This sitting is the new smoking. Yeah, I have. Pretty, I have. pretty awesome. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty damning. It's <laughs> and it's one of those things where like I realize that I don't have the perspective because like, and whether you're in the hospital as a doctor or in the clinic, you're up on your feet all the time, right? So I can't even. I can't imagine people who are just in a chair all day long. Yeah, I mean, it sounds. Yeah, oh, you're going to atrophy. Tough. Like you're gonna atrophy. Tough. Like there are gonna be muscles that you're not using. It is what it is, right? Even when I'm in the car for 18 hours, right? Like I'm like, oh, I gotta get out and move. Dude, that is. I've I've been driving a lot around recently because mm-hmm. I'm worried about the California taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're mm. they're trying to yeah. raise heard, us up pretty I've heard good. That, yeah, I've heard that. So I've been. I went all over Colorado. I went all over Montana and all over Utah recently. Like all over, and I was in the car like oh. a lot. Wait, are you implying you're, that you're thinking about moving? Uh, for six months and a day. <laughs> Dude, move to Colorado. That would be badass to have you out there. So I, I looked at, I look. What places did I like? I like Telluride a lot. Mm. Telluride's really cool. Mm. I used actually really liked Denver last time I was there. Yeah. But this time it's just so dead right now because of everything going on. I was sure. kind of bummed. Sure, sure. Um, I get, it's gonna take a while I think for the cities to kind of get their their life back. Yeah, yeah. It's when did you go to Denver? Three weeks ago. Okay. Okay. I like Aspen a lot, but Aspen is – dude. Yeah. I've never seen – Aspen is the only place I've ever looked up on Zillow, like homes, where I was like, I don't think I can get – any. I don't think I can get anything that's like of reasonable size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night, no joke, I sent yeah. it one to my friend because we were talking about this. Yeah. $1.6 million for a 700-square-foot studio. In Aspen? $1.6 million because of COVID right now, everyone's coming from the cities and moving to the mountain towns. Wow. Like if you go to Park City, Utah – you know, a lot of these other big ski towns, Lake sure. Tahoe, like sure. it's expensive. Sure, like sure. it's all expensive. Sure. But Aspen is next level expensive. Wow. Yeah. Dude, 700 square feet. It's a ripoff. Right That's around crazy. the 5 million mark, you're yeah. getting about 1,500 square feet. Wow. So like if you want anything even decent in Aspen, you're looking at like 10 million, yeah. which is abstr- just insane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so stupid. But one place I'd like to check out is I didn't check out Steamboat. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Vale a lot. I thought Vale was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Brackenridge is okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was the coolest place, but mm-hmm. it was all right. You check out uh, Golden or Boulder? I've been to Boulder. I, I like to mountain bike. They don't have yeah. a lot of mountain biking there. They have a lot yeah. of road biking and other stuff. So yeah. I need a little bit more mountain life. Yeah. Uh, but I did not go to Golden. I heard Golden's cool. Gotcha. Is that like where you're at? No, no, Denver. Oh, you're straight yeah. in Denver. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Denver I mean, Golden's not far from Denver. Yeah, yeah. All right, so as times change, you know, people are obviously getting more medicines and all these different things, especially like where I'm at right now in California. The biggest thing right now, and my members ask me all the time, is like, hey, do you think I should get TRT? Mm-hmm. So I think you have all these, you know, everybody wants a quick fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like what age do you think is even relevant or should I not even say age and maybe just say like a, like a testosterone level that you think would be relevant and or would it be beneficial for someone to even do in terms of, I would say, let's just go with health and longevity versus performance. Like, you have people like Sylvester Stallone and stuff like that saying, Fourth. like, you're going to live longer. You're going to live a healthier life, a better quality life. Mm-hmm. That's what the doctors are saying here, mm-hmm. right? For TRT? For TRT. Like, to have <clears throat> testosterone replacement therapy for people. Yeah, so. Not talking about a performance standpoint. Talking I'm about, sorry. like, are you actually going to have 
a better quality life sure. because of it. Sure. Yeah. No. I mean, low testosterone screws you up in so many ways, right? From insomnia to fatigue to low libido to concentration issues. I mean, listen, it's you. You know that you can't argue that that you know that has an effect. However, my patients who ask about it now, who ask about TRT. I am of the opinion, like I, this is what I've, I've, I've already said this, you know, during the podcast, you know, I, there are actually, I, I literally have a list of things that I send patients and to help everybody like who is, isn't my patient. I'm actually, I'll, I'll, I'll make a post about this on Instagram and I'll, I'll dictate the things that, um, that you can do to improve your testosterone. Uh, and you should actually give all of these things about three months because there are, I've, I've literally made a list of lifestyle modifications you can make. One of them that a lot of people don't put two and two together is sleep, just quality, <clears throat> just quality seven to nine hours of sleep does wonders for your hormonal profile, not just testosterone, but all of your hormones. There are a number of foods that you should eat to support testosterone development, uh, uh, there are a number of supplement, um, supplements and, and nothing fancy. I'm talking things like, like zinc and vitamin D and magnesium because testosterone is made by, uh, is made by, uh, if I remember right, Sertoli cells in the testicles. Um, so those cells, they need certain substrates to be able to, to, to make the testosterone, right? So there are certain supplements you should take. There are certain foods that you should eat. There are so many foods you should avoid eating that are, that are damaging, right? You know, a top of my list on foods you should avoid eating are any foods that are seed oils, right? So I'm talking canola oil. Thank you. Right? You know, I don't know how much you know that like I'm like a – I hate canola oil. I talk about it all the time. Right. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, it's garbage. I did a whole podcast on just canola oil because yeah. it's that fucking horrific. Yeah. But but not just that, right? <laughs> Sunflower oil, safflower – like like uh, canola yeah. oil, all these seed oils, garbage, right? If anything, you should be using things like avocado oil, coconut oil, healthier oils, right? Another thing that many men are, are super ignorant about um, uh, is, is drinking – their water. So many people, and this isn't just guys, these are, this is women too. So many people drink water out of water bottles, um, unaware that there are estrogenic compounds that are often found in the plastics, uh, that you're drinking those wa- that, that water from, right? So estrogenic effects. So you literally are in, in ingesting something that makes you more estrogen dominant as a function of time. And if you're the type of person drinking, you know, I don't know, let's say from six or seven water bottles uh, a, a day, like you're just kind of dumping in estrogenic compounds into your system. And and let's say not even just that, right? If you're the type of person who microwaves your foods in plastic, in plastic containers, whether Tupperware or otherwise, Anytime that you Ooh, heat, anytime about that one. Yeah. Anytime that you heat something in a plastic container, heat, heat in and of itself will cause leaching into your food from the container um, of these estrogenic compounds. And once again, you're eating, you're eating that stuff, right? This is going to cause a, uh, a palpable um, uh, uh, effect or, or change rather in your testosterone that over the course of time. So long story short, Ryan, I, I am not, I'm, it's not that I'm necessarily against TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, but what you have to keep in mind with TRT is there are downsides. There are side effects, right? Anytime 
that you put an external hormone into your body from the environment, your body has is, is constantly the endocrinological endocrinological systems of, of your body, um, uh, the, the the systems that partake in, in creating hormones. They're always checking. There's always a feedback loop, right? They're always checking. Okay, what are the levels at? Okay, maybe we should decrease production, or maybe we should increase production if the hormone is very low. So think about this with testosterone. If you're taking an external source of testosterone, your Sertoli cells in your testicles are basically being told ramp down production. You don't need to put out as much testosterone anymore, right? And this is why you find men who consistently take androgens like testosterone will have very small testicles because in time that will atrophy your body is always doing dude i can tell you for for a fact just going through med school you become fascinated the human body is incredible i think that at at a baseline our bodies <clears throat> are designed to heal themselves we but we always have to give them the right environment right um if you can, if you can set up the right environment for your body, it will always course correct. It'll always heal itself. Right. But this oftentimes setting up the right environment is exactly the types of things I'm talking about. Right. Um, uh, like I said, I'll make an Instagram post on my Instagram about it, detailing everything. But the things that we talked about are sleep, avoiding seed oils, um, uh, uh, you know, hydration, right? Vitamin D, zinc, magnesium, um, other supplements. Otherwise, I mean, these are things that are absolutely crucial when it comes to when it comes to uh, uh, your your body maximizing its own output of testosterone. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that before my patients who ask about TRT, I just give them, like I said, all of these recommendations and I tell them, hey, let's do these things. In about three months, we will recheck your free testosterone, your total testosterone. We'll see where it's at. If you're still at the point where it is concerningly low, okay, then we'll inquire about an endocrinologist and, and inquire about TRT. But up until then, you know, how about we, we stop doing the things that are just just destroying your own natural ability to make testosterone and, and go from there. I saw a post that you made one time uh, about a female who lost some weight, and it's you said it's not your hormones. And I feel like women are just as bad. Yeah. You know, everybody wants the quick fix, like you're saying. That's like oh, for sure. That's for sure, probably the biggest thing. I think that's oh, like for sure. So many women come to me, um, uh, you know, wanting to lose weight and like, oh, I've tried everything, Doctor Nick. And to be honest, it isn't just women; it's men too. I've tried everything. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, you haven't you haven't tried every unless you're, you know, omnipotent and you're God and you just lived for an eternity. Like you haven't tried everything, um, uh, and and most people have this preoccupation that. Oh, it's my thyroid, right? Or I have high cortisol or, or, or this or that. And then I tell them, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong. Who the hell am I? I don't know that. However, what I am going to encourage you to do is, um, you know, try the advice that I'm going to give you and, and we'll reflect, right? We will, we'll, we will have a feedback loop and we'll see how things go. Um, and if things move in the right, if things trend, Sure, when we check in, you're probably not going to be where you want to be. However, like I said earlier, that doesn't matter. What matters is the trend. Wait, are, is a trend improving? Is a trend, you know, uh, uh, decreasing? You know, then kind of we can go from there. So I feel like the biggest thing with women, like a lot of times when they have a big problem, I'm like, well, what kind of job do you do? And they usually have some sort of shift work where their sleep is totally jacked. Night, do, do night shift workers in this country? Tough. 
Oh, it's and, and I get it. Listen, you 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 want to make Police, money. Firemen, yeah, nurses. you want to make money. You have to make money. But if 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 I were a night shift worker, I would be doing everything I could, whether or not that that involved a one year or two year or three year plan to get out of that line of work and get into a line of work that um, promotes good sleeping pattern, like poor like. The amount of people who walk around in this country sleep deprived on a daily basis is unprecedented right now. I mean, and, and it affects us from a health standpoint in so many different ways. And so many people are like, oh, I'll just take a Ambien, right? Or I'll take a Lunesta or I'll take a medic. Like, no, those medications, people like anyone who's taken those meds for long enough. No, those meds do not help you sleep. Those meds sedate you, right? It's, it's almost like. Ryan, if you walked into this room and I was in a chair and you took a baseball bat and you hit me over the head with it and I, and I hit the ground, right? But I wasn't dead. I was still breathing, but I was unresponsive. Am I asleep? Am I technically sleeping or am I simply unconscious? I'm unconscious, right? That's technically not sleeping, right? It's, it's very much the same when you give someone an Ambien or a Lunesta and and they're like, Oh, you know, I was, I wasn't aware of my surroundings. I was unconscious. Therefore I was asleep, but you really weren't. I mean, the, the studies that are coming out linking, um, uh, uh, these, these medications, uh, to, to things like Alzheimer's to, to things like cardiovascular disease. I mean, there, there are so, like I said earlier, right? There's so many associations. We, we tend to think because we live in 2020 that, oh, you know, we're smart. We're human beings. Look at everything we've built. We know, you know, all possible ramifications, but we really don't. How many times do, do new side effects of medications come out that were previously unknown? So essentially, when you're taking a med like Lunesa or Ambien, you're exposing yourself to potential long-term consequences the status of which you're not even aware. And, and, and to be honest, humanity won't be aware of for another five or 10 years. But by that time, you've been taking the medication for five or 10 years. You've been doing this harm to yourself for five or 10 years, right? As opposed to doing the, the actual hard work and fixing your sleep and, and, and concentrating on your sleep hygiene. So, so it's funny. I, I'm, I'm working with my gym right now, um, CrossFit Omnia. We, we have a program called the Healthy Life Blueprints. Um, uh, you know, I've been talking about on my Instagram and, 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 and otherwise. And so do you know Kelly Stone? Have you heard of her? Sounds familiar. So <clears throat> more of a face person. <laughs> Got you. She's a games athlete. Uh, I think she's competed on team uh, a couple times. And then so she she is concentrating on the nutrition side of the Healthy Life Blueprints. Taylor Sleaford, the coach that I mentioned earlier, he's concentrating on the mindset side. Because I think, oh, dude, I won't even get into it. But mindset, I'm sure you know this. But not just in CrossFit, but everywhere in life, mindset is huge. Yep. You have a weak mindset, you will crumble. Um, anyway, and then and then John, uh, the coach, I'm sorry, the owner of CrossFit Omnia, he's focusing on the fitness side of things. And like I said, I'm focusing on the sleep side of things. So with this program, the Healthy Life Blueprint, like our main thing was you have so many people on Instagram and otherwise who are who are not like you and I, right, who haven't been doing CrossFit for 10 years, who genuinely don't know anything. However, they have a vested interest in helping themselves do better. They want to they're, – they're starting at the beginner level. They know where they're at, but they just want kind of help with getting started. So we're like, you know what? We're going to put together – it's going to – 
take us some time. We're going to put together this program. And like my side of it, like I said, is sleep. So I concentrate on the many different aspects of sleep hygiene, helping the people in the Healthy Life Blueprint focus on their sleep, improve the quality of their sleep, the duration of their sleep. And then that has so many long-term benefits, right? For example, there was a study that came out in 2010 that stated that if you're trying to lose weight, even if you're on a calorie deficit and you're trying to lose weight, but you're getting poor sleep each and every day, you actually end up losing more muscle than fat. On the same, you, you let's say you put me and you on the same calorie deficit, we're eating the same foods. However, you force me to only get five hours of sleep a night and you can get eight or nine. You will lose, you and I will lose the same amount of weight. But when you actually break down, hey, what was that weight loss? I have lost more muscle. I've Let's say, you know, we both lose 10 pounds. I've lost maybe eight pounds of muscle, two pounds of fat. You've lost maybe seven pounds of fat, three pounds of muscle. Who's better in that situation? Obviously, you are because your metabolism is not as adversely affected. Metabolism of the human body is largely contingent on your degree of muscle. I mean, irrespective of other things, other things being equal, like your thyroid, metabolism of the human body is largely uh, is largely determined by your amount of muscle mass. So when people ask all the time, and I'm sure you've heard this, how do I raise my metabolism? Easy answer, put on more muscle. Yeah. Like literally, like, like the fact that you sit here in front of me and, and you know, you're not necessarily doing it. You're not out there crossfitting. You're just sitting there. Your body is expending so much more energy than even my body. Cause you have more muscle mass. It's as simple as that. Like, so, so by that, not, not true by the way, if everybody's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so by that same token, it's, that's why multiple people notice all, all, and I'm sure Ryan, you've gotten this, I've gotten this all the time. Like, like, Nick, why can you eat the way you eat, right? How can you eat, like, desserts or candy or all this and you still look good, right? I'm sure you get the same thing, right? And the reason why you can eat like that is because you have the reserves. You First of all, you have large glycogen reserves because you have more muscle mass. And your muscle, in and of itself, the, the mere presence of it on your body leads to you having a higher metabolism and being able to burn off more of the energy that you take in than other people. You have a bigger requirement needed. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to this? To this? I, don't, I, have, I have no more questions left for you. Cool. But I do know that you probably have some, some things that you're... You love, really. you love to talk about that maybe I didn't hit, but I feel no. like we hit a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I like conversations like this. We're just kind of chilling and vibing and talking. But, yeah, you know, no, I already you, – you mentioned my Instagram earlier, The Fittest Doc, and uh, so I have a YouTube channel that um, – There's no I, underscores, right? It's just The Fittest Doc, The right? Fittest Doc, yeah, okay. yeah. And so – I've noticed, I've noticed, you know, I've, I've been asked this on other podcasts, so I'll get ahead of it on this one, but a lot of people tend to act like that name, the fittest doc is a declarative one as opposed to an aspirational one. And that's cool. Like, I guess there's ambiguity in the name, right? So essentially what it means to me, you know, the person who made it is that, uh, is that you should always aspire to be a better, a better version of yourself. For me as a doctor, I always want to become a fitter vert, like the fittest doc. That's my, that's my goal, right? Always pursuing that fittest doc, that fitter version of myself. 
you know, um, it's not a declarative one like like some people have have uh, have, have felt that it is. So, um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's the name, the fittest sock on Instagram. On YouTube, it's the same thing. I'm actually. Um, uh, uh, I, I would love to watch your YouTube, to be honest. Like, if someone just gave you questions and you just hammered them, yeah, and, and I, you know, I'd be open. I'd be, I'd be. If 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 people like the idea that Ryan, you know, just shot out, let me know because I'd I'd be down to do that. I think though that one thing that I want to do more in the past, what I did with the fittest doc with my YouTube channel was uh, help people lose weight. Um, and we, so I have like this like body scanner. So we'd like actually see the results physically, like a 3d rendered version of them losing like a weight. Scan? Uh, so Dexa scan uses, um, uh, x-ray. So, so, um, that's my issue with it, but, uh, there, Ooh, Ryan, you should look into this. So there's this thing called the fit 3d, right? You could have it right here. Caveat, it's eight or $9,000. However, you literally scan in front of this thing and it gives and it's, you, and it's accurate. Yes, it's it's accurate to within one or two centimeters. Um, it gives you. It's basically because here's my thing, man. I hate scales. I, I think that I think when it comes to helping people lose weight, helping my patients lose weight, my issue with scales is that that's one that's one data point, right? Um, and you can't necessarily lose any more. Um, I'm sorry, you can't necessarily garner that much data like how much data can you really get from oh he's 211 pounds you don't know if that person is heavier or lighter you don't know if that's fat or muscle or water you don't know what it is right so essentially with these kind of uh these are called um uh uh, uh body uh so essentially i think it's computational uh, uh vision uh, uh body weight uh, assessment cool. yeah so so this is called the the naked scanner but the one that they have for many gyms is called the fit 3d and you just have it in the corner oh i think i've heard of the fit 3d thing yeah. before. and and like you people would stand on it like so like there i was wearing compression shorts and it just spins you around and it basically uses the same technology that every iphone uses right so a dot projector an infrared dot projector uh and an infrared camera and as it spins you around, the camera's picking up uh, where the dot projection is laying on your body and can essentially uh, determine a 3D model of you and then can figure out from that, okay, this is Ryan's calves are this this width, his thighs are this width, his waist. And then from all that information, all, all those measurements are put into an algorithm and the algorithm can then determine this is Ryan's... Uh, uh, body fat, his lean mass, his body fat percentage, his weight, and what's great about that is that then, as a, as someone who's let's say you have a goal of losing weight, now you can actually see yourself as a function of time losing weight, right? As a function of time, you can actually see your body changing. Um, I, I had a patient uh, the other day on SETI-MD who, you know, oh, we've been helping him lose weight, and and this guy he had literally lost. The way I have people lose weight, they lose no lean mass. Because what did I say earlier, right? Lean mass, muscle is a thing that keeps your metabolism. So I don't want any of my patients to lose any muscle. I want you to selectively lose fat. And anyway, with his Fit 3D scan, it was amazing, right? Because he had lost maybe six inches off of his waist. Um, uh, he had, he still had, at least according to his most recent Fit 3D, he still had like maybe 20 pounds of fat to lose. But he had literally lost like 16 pounds selectively of fat. 16 pounds off of his total weight and we checked and it's only fat no muscle so um yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh of kind of using devices like that as opposed to just using a scale because you just use a scale people are i mean people have so many emotions 
negative usually linked to a number linked to a simple number when you know in my mind that's just data that's like use it as data however i could absolutely understand and empathize with them that like you know that's not enough right something like this is much better where you have actual numbers where maybe you can even have a 3d version of yourself that you can see uh, over the course of months you can see where the fat is coming off of um, so yeah, the, the biological impedance things are even the horrific. Like the oh, I the body fat those. on those is so bad. I hate those. I'm like 20 percent body fat on those things. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it isn't just that, right? It's the fact that then you can hit a crossfit workout, do it again, and what happens? It goes way down. It's completely different. Yeah. And the reason why is because it's bioimpedance, right? So the amount of fluid, the, your, your, your fluid balance at any given time can impede the currents more extensively or less extensively. So that's going to throw off your numbers. Extent, like I hate – so uh, what's the big bioimpedance one? The uh, in-body? Yep. I'm sorry, Embody, if you hate me for this, but I'm not. I I just don't like your technology, right? Even the dunk tank, if you have too much air in your lungs before you go down, it changes the whole thing. So, like, I've just never been a big fan. Like, whenever I do challenges for the gym, I'm like, you're just going to do before and after photo. Sure. Yeah. No, (laughs) before and after photos are awesome. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, DEXA, when when it comes to to the medical world, DEXA is a gold standard. That's how we evaluate people's body composition however like is that something i'm going to recommend to someone to do oh do a dex every two weeks and see how things are like no that's I, in my opinion i want to minimize rate i want to minimize your risk when it comes from from a healthcare standpoint as much as possible right so that's why i love like this is infrared light this is not harmful to you whether a naked scanner or a fit 3d monetarily is it is it expensive eight or nine thousand dollars yes however i can tell you this ryan every gym owner who has that in their gym, I have straight up myself sent patients. I will like look up, oh, where do you live? Who? Where's the nearest Fit 3D? And send them to go get a Fit 3D done. And usually the coaches at whatever gym will charge maybe $25 to $35 to get a Fit 3D done. So Fit 3Ds around the countries, uh, or I'm sorry, Fit 3Ds in gyms around the countries bring in prospective clients, right? People in the community who just want to know their body composition. Now you have them in your gym. Now you can tell them about your, your, your facility and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to use the product, right? And then they could either choose to come back and obviously they're paying you to use it. I'm so. actually seriously considering getting one of these oh, right dude, now. Oh, <laughs> dude, look it up. Fit 3D, you're welcome. Um, Everybody so, in the gym would use it for sure. Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's a game changer. And right? I feel like you would you know, you'd probably use it like every two to four weeks, you know, you'd probably, yeah. you'd probably be me personally. Cause I have one at home. Um, I use it every day. I literally wake up pee, walk to the machine. <laughs> <laughs> so you go Step from like 11.2, 11.1. Oh, it's a good day. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, what did I tell you? I'm just looking for that trend, right? I want to know, is that line? Am I making bad decisions? Am I going out and drinking every night and eating Chick-fil-A every, every day? And my numbers going up, right? Oh, for I, if I, oh man. I, I, so March 4th, of this year was my best. Uh, let me show you this data. I, I, was, found, it, I found out what gets you excited. <laughs> oh, dude! It took I'm, until the end of the podcast, but we found oh, it. <laughs> dude, it's it's for me. Like I'm I'm a nerd, right? I'm testing like this thing right now. This is the levels. I have the patches off, but the levels. Um, uh, uh, continuous glucose monitor. Um, it's a it's a device that basically tracks your sugar. 
uh, as a period it, all through the day. As you eat different foods, you can log in in the Levels app, and it will then show you, okay, these foods have this much change of your blood sugar. Like Essentially, it'll tell you what foods that you're eating are most damaging to you. And what's beautiful about Levels is all too often you'll hear people say, oh, I don't know, um, uh, you know, drinking a can of soda or whatever is bad for you. But the truth is different people metabolize. Like I said earlier, right? I brought up polymorphisms. Different people have different polymorphisms. Um, and because of that, different people metabolize things differently. So levels, of the, the continuous glucose monitor levels essentially allows you to figure out how exactly does your body, not, not, a thousand people in some study, right? But your body specifically uh, 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 reacts to having a burger or having some pizza, or and then you see that data, and you're very much like, okay, look now, now I know what things in my diet are hurting me the most, and then you can kind of change things. So, yeah, I, I um, levels actually just this is for everyone listening to this. Um, I, I will supply on my Instagram a link that will, because 40,000 people have already pre-ordered levels. Um, is this but the they, thing that's on your arm right now? Yeah. Yeah. This that's pretty thing. cool. Yeah. So um, I actually learned how to do the whole deal where you actually do the prick and everything. Yes. So I, that's a, this is, this is yeah. no prick right, right yeah, now. It knows, awesome. it knows what my glucose is. Right. And what's great is with this. So uh, there are these gummies that I like called smart sweets. They're like, oh, three grams of sugar. Oh, Have that's the these? new one, right? Have you seen these? Yeah. yeah. So I, I love those things, dude, but I was under the impression that they were super healthy, and I, I, I ate a bag and watched my sugar, and it spiked. And what I was kinda, like, What is the sugar substitute? Is it sugar alcohol? Is it a retinol? Uh, anything like that? I think it's not xylitol. I'm totally blank. John R- blank. Erythritol. No, it's not erythritol. No. It's it's some other it's some other one uh, that they talk about on the package. I'm totally drawing a blank on right now. And it's not sucralose or any of that stuff either. No, no, no it's not sucralose. And it, I mean, it's delicious. It's good, and it's only three grams of sugar, but it still causes a spike, right? So anyway, guys, yeah. Um, uh, Go to my Instagram. I'm going to supply a levels code that will let you skip the 40,000 pre-orders that have already been made with levels. So you'll be able to get one within one or two weeks with a link that I'll provide. But anyway, so this is, this is me. You just sold me like 10 grand worth of shit. March, I know, right? <laughs> that, dude, that's me March 4th. That's pre-COVID. 9.7%. So You're 11-something now, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. The lowest I've been do, doing CrossFit. 12 and you're 220 now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. 10 pounds. So you're actually, you're actually more muscular now. You're 10 pounds heavier and, oh, you're 2% more body fat. Okay, we're yeah, right yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, <laughs> and that's why, like, handstand push-ups, running. And this is the thing with CrossFit, right, that I love, right? CrossFit has a built-in feedback system, right? Like where, sure, you can you can make bad decisions eating out, drinking, but then you're gonna you're it's gonna get a lot harder to do handstand push-ups. It's gonna get a lot harder to run, right? So in my mind, the the kind of the lowest I've been doing CrossFit was in 2015 when I was at a gym in Ohio called CrossFit Grandview. I was four I was caliper measured at four point nine percent body fat. And at that time, dude, body weight movements were cake so easy, right? And and as I put on, especially through med school, put on fat that I'm now trying to get off, um, it's been more difficult to do. I was joking with Ryan before the podcast that handstand push-ups kick my – high rep handstand push-ups kick my butt. And it's either that I'm too heavy or that my shoulders are too weak, but, like, I need to figure it out. Um, so, so yeah, you know, this is, this is me pre COVID and I was happy with it. 9.7%. Like I want to either get back to this or lower, um, for men, it's kind of unsafe to get below like six or seven 
pounds of fat. Um, and if we want to talk body fat, you want to be like above four or five percent from a testosterone production standpoint. When you're too low um, or you're not taking in good healthy fats, that's another thing, guys. Good healthy fats. You so so testosterone uh, is is secondary. Is made from cholesterol. Uh, so if you're not if you're not taking in the right amount of fats or the right types of fats, rather, you're not going to make it. So anyway, um, yeah, I bring that up just to say that don't get down into like bodybuilder status of one to two percent body fat or three percent. That'll nuke your testosterone, just destroy your testosterone. Mm. So yeah. All right. Well, so if you guys want to see any more of the fittest doc, make sure you guys check him out on Instagram. Check out his YouTube. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and actually, no, don't DM him. He says not to DM him in his profile. Send him a message. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could, on my Instagram, the fittest doc, I guess you could, you know, send, send me a message. Just, just, just please don't. The reason why I put that, and I'm sure, Ryan, you're the same. Like, people get, like, pissed off if you don't respond to them. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, One I only, time. listen, I'm, this is not my full-time job. Yeah. I'm a doctor. I'm sorry. And I have to prioritize my patients, right? I'm not going to prioritize responding to somebody on Instagram. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is what our society is like broken down to. Like, I social- spend like two to three hours a day on just DMs. No, I don't have time for that. I'm not doing it's that. Tough. But I, I have people scared. who answer all my emails. So I don't do emails. Uh, I only do DMs. Yeah. Dude, you should see my in- uh, emails. I get my, <laughs> I would get my butt kicked by emails for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. And um, you, hopefully... Hopefully we have some time so I can show you some cool shit around Newport Beach. Oh, yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Hey, hey, Lalo, thanks again for, for hooking uh, Ryan and I up. So appreciate it, man. Yes, thank you, sir. All right, guys, I will see you next week. And, again, if you guys have any questions for me or Dr. Nick, make sure you guys don't hesitate to send us a message.